0: I'm not going to throw a whole bunch of verses at you. I had a whole bunch written down. But I'll try to keep those, you know, to a a smaller segment. But if you want to follow our source text, is going to be John 14, verses 16 through 19. Now, I had a vacation plan before I knew that I was speaking today. So I'm going to, like, speed to the sermon in five minutes if that's okay with y'all. Jump in my car and speed to Texas. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I was praying about this, and God's like, whatever I want to do, I'm going to do. And I'm like you go, God. If I, if I don't even get up here and speak, if the worship just goes for an hour, revival breaks out, you take care of it. That's what I want everyone's desire. So this morning, as we're talking about influence, I've had an influence in a lot of different people's lives, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Like anybody ever been a bad influence in here other than me? Okay. Some people are honest. The rest of you are liars. We'll have repentance at the end. You can come forward. You know, We'll, we'll get all that taken care of, make sure you're going to go to heaven. But but we all have an influence. We can affect people. We can have the end effect on their lives. We can make all kinds of things happen, you know, good, bad, and different. You know, sometimes we do things by accident. Sometimes we say things, and you're like, I got to get that word back, and there's no way you can. But we've got to be careful of what our influence is. Mm-hmm. You see, our influence is so, so, so important because it's, it's directly related to the way people view the Holy Spirit. Because they're like, hey, you're a Christian. Well, now that they've identified us, and they're like, okay, so what's different about you? On, like, if you just said a sinner's prayer and like, okay, I'm great, I'm wonderful, good for me, like, I got my little check card, you know, I'm a Christian now, and you could show that off. Like, I don't get AARP, you know, Christian discounts. <laughs> Anybody ever gone to the store and like, oh, are you a Christian? Let me get you 10% off. It doesn't happen that way. Like, I wish. That'd be great. I'd be like, hey, thanks, God. Yeah. Thanks for that. But it doesn't work that way. It doesn't happen. You know, and so many people look at us and they're like, well, there's nothing different about you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you're not seeing something different in me, then there's a problem. Because I'm supposed to be changed. The word says that we're new creation. That we're supposed to be something different. So let's go into that text. Let's get into it. It says, and I will ask the Father, this is Jesus speaking, and he will give you another advocate. Highlight, circle, underline, something. Okay, advocate right there. We're going to come back to that. Who will never leave you, he is the Holy Spirit. So he's talking about the advocate. Now he's identified him. This is the Holy Spirit. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah. Who leads me into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But now I was, I was like, hmm, should I highlight this? Should I make sure that I talk about this? Okay. It's not a church church word. It's not holiness sanctified because some people are like, oh, he said that word. But I love every time the scripture is like, yada, 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 yada. But let me give you a stark comparison to that real quick. Because this is the way of the world. But you guys, y'all ain't like that. We're different. We're made of a different cloth. I'm not stitched the same way the world is anymore. I was born in it. I was raised in it. But I got saved. And because of that, I'm in something else. I'm something completely different. See, it says the world can't receive him. The world is not out there looking for the Holy Spirit because they can't receive him. They don't really know it exists. I was thinking about this, and the closest like, kind of analogy or illustration I could think of is, we got the band up here, they're playing. Okay? They're rocking out, they're doing their thing that they do that I can't do. Because okay? if I get up here and try to like, play the, gu- the guitar, the drums, or any of that stuff, y'all are just going to be like, please get off the stage. This is a joyful noise unto the Lord, not rhythm. Okay? But we recognize him. We can receive him. We have the ability. That but is so important that it's like the world is so messed up. And we look at them, and we're like, I can't believe they would do that. And we're like, no duh, they're going to do that. They don't know the Holy Spirit. Like, why do we expect them to be holiness or perfect or anything good when they don't know goodness who's in the Father? They don't know the Holy Spirit or have it. We're looking at the world through the lens of they need to be like us. And yes, they do. But they have no idea because they can't see him. Yeah. So but... You know him because he lives with you now. Of course, he's talking about the disciples. And later, will be in you. Mm-hmm. So where he's at now, the Holy Spirit. You know, I get caught up on some syntax or some, some, some verbiage or words that people use sometimes. Because we're like, oh, you need to ask Jesus into your heart. And that's what we tell kids, right? But you're really not asking Jesus. You're asking the Holy Spirit, right? Because the Holy Spirit was the one who came after and the one who comes inside of us and helps clean out that space like Pastor Reif was talking about. Like, I remember when I got saved, and I am a hardcore gamer, hardcore nerd. If you don't know me, you'll get to know, I, you know, I love the game, okay? But God started dealing with me with some stuff when I got saved, because I had some games that were not Christian appropriate. There were some games, and I'm not saying there were these horrendous worldly things, but it was like, am I really feeding my spirit when I'm playing these, am I, or am I just taking in the idolatry and taking in these ideas that the world's trying to feed me? I wasn't feeding my spirit. So, advocate, let's focus on that word real quick. An advocate, in the Greek, it means paraclete. It's a legal advocate or counsel for defense, an intercessor, a helper. So, the picture word that it gives here is literally an attorney. Come on. Now, I don't know about you. I haven't been to, to the court too many times. My wife is a paralegal. She's been to the court. She works for an attorney. Okay? So, like when I have legal questions, I'm like, I don't really know. I go ask her and she asks her boss. That's how this works. Okay? <laughs> The same thing is true for us. We don't always have all the answers, but we know who does. Mm -hmm. He's our attorney. He's the one who stands in the place. He's like, hey, 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 let me tell you something. You think you know what's going on, but you don't. I've got the full picture. I know how the law and the principles that I set up work. I know how everything in the universe is supposed to operate. So let me explain it to you. Let me take care of the situation. He's our legal help, our counselor. I, I, mm, you're gonna make me get on a slight tangent here, okay? I can't stand it when people of the world, and I have nothing against science, but they'll be like, "Well, the science facts tell us," and I'm like, "Hey, hold on a second, buddy. Let me tell you something about science. Let's go back to the 17th century. Science changes according to what we know. That's right. Your science does not disprove my God. Come my on, God man. will be proved out in the end, regardless of what your science says. Come on, man. Come on." Man. I'm just saying. I mean, there's a reason when you go to the doctor. Okay, nothing against doctors, nothing against lawyers. Okay, but it's the only two professions I know of. It's like, hey, I'm practicing. What are you practicing? I hope you know what's going on here. Like you giving me some advice. I hope you know. Not just practice. Like, yeah, take two of these. That don't work. We'll try something else. That's why God don't practice. He's like, I got you. I'm gonna take care of the situation. Take me. Take my healing, take my power, and it's going to work 100% of the time. No questions, if, ands, or buts. It's going to happen. That's, That's cool. the influence we need to operate in. That's a whole other tangent. Sorry. So it was free. Okay, you can tweet that later. Okay, But we need an advocate. We need that Holy Spirit to come alongside us and give us that help, to be the one who stands in the very place. Because guess what? The Scripture says, there's an accuser, Right? Sounds legal to me again. Hey, guess what? This is the accuser? Well, I'm the defendant. I need some help over here, okay? Because I'm not as good at protecting myself against the acu- accusations of the devil. Because he's seeking whom he may devour. And if he can accuse you enough to start believing what he's saying, he's going to devour everything that you have. Your influence is going to begin to shrink and shrink and shrink. So let's finish that context there, that's verses. This is verse 17, and, uh, 18 and 19, I mean. It says, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. Circle that again, right there, orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me since I live and you will live. Mm-hmm. Orphans used to be this like strange, strange concept to me. I had no idea what an orphan really was. I was raised in, you know, a a constant, stable Christian family, household, wonderful parents, all this different stuff, okay? Now go on down the line, and I started to have a slight idea of what an orphan was. Twelve years old, my parents come home, you know, I get off the bus, me and my brother and my sister, they sit still, and they're like, hey, guess what? As of today, mom's moving out, we're going to be a single-family house. Like, drop the bomb, just boom. There it is, divorced household. You want about talking about like, emotional? You talk about like messing you up? Like, let's be honest, these are real life situations that happen. And that was my first kind of taste of like, I wasn't an orphan. Like, I still had parents, but they weren't together anymore. Like, my idea of what a family unit was was destroyed. Okay? Yeah. So I had a taste of it. And then, fast forward. I believe I was 18 years old, uh, getting ready for college, all this different stuff. And my dad had remarried. My mom's been remarried, all this different stuff. I've got extended family. And my dad's like, hey, guess what? We're going to adopt. More power to you, dad. You know, go for it. He's like, yeah, the thing is, you still live here. So you've got to get fingerprinted. You've got to do this. You've got to get social background checked. You've got to have an interview. And I'm like, I'm not the one adopting. Why do I have to do all this? Because yeah. I'm part of the family. That was my first acknowledgement of what a real orphan was coming into. You see, my oldest adopted sister, Elise, was adopted out of China. And if you know anything about China, for the longest time when they were only allowed to have one kid, if you were a girl, you were thrown in the gutter. They didn't want you because they needed an heir. Millions upon probably billions to date, just thrown away like they're nothing. Remember when they went to go get her? It's horrible. It's horrible just rows and rows and rows of cribs. They had five workers, 200 kids. They would literally walk down, boom, 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 change their diapers. Come back the other way, bottle, 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 bottle. That's all they did. They didn't have time to hold them, comfort them, play with them. There's just too many. She was an orphan from the time she was born. We have no clue who her parents are. Not a hint. And we adopted her into our family. That's what Christ does with us. He says, you were out there in the world, orphaned, alone, whether you had your family, all that different stuff. And he brings us into the family. He says, abide with me. Mm-hmm. Come here. I got you. I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to hold you. The Holy Spirit is going to put you into the family unit. That song we were singing about changing my name, you know, my wife had to change her name when she got married to me. Whether she liked it or not, I was like, we ain't playing that game. We ain't doing that new millennial Gen Z stuff. Okay, I got a friend. I want to talk to him about it. He changed his last name to her name. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. You'll figure that out later. Okay. But I was like, you're changing your name. So she's a part of my family now. Like if I die, she's getting, she's getting everything. I don't play this like sign prenup stuff. She's got it all. All of me means all of me. Not part of it. Same thing as when we're grafted with Christ. He says, you are brothers and sisters to me. Everything the father has is yours too direct heirs. All the influence, all the power, all the authority is yours. We have it. We can operate in it. We shouldn't be afraid to operate in it. That's the difference. When you're an orphan and you get brought into the family unit where you're surrounded and loved and influenced. So last week we talked about conviction. The first week we talked about Holy Spirit changes us right? You got to get changed. Like if Holy Spirit comes in, you got to make some changes. But last week we talked about conviction. This is what Pastor Reif said. He said, Holy Spirit pulls me away from temptation and points me towards the truth. That's awesome. I love it. Like I do this with my kids all the time. They're going for something, especially Maverick. If y'all haven't met Maverick, if you haven't like been around him, we call him our wild child. I don't know why we named him Maverick, but I think it's appropriate. Okay. I think he thinks he's top gun. Okay. But he is like, oh, there's something I shouldn't do. Let me run towards it. Like he just, he does that. He's like, oh, toilet. I'm a dog. I'm going to try and lick the water out of the toilet. And I'm like, son, we've told you this over and over. And so that's the difference of Holy Spirit is, I'm literally taking my child. I'm like, no, don't do that. Stay over here. The good thing is over here. Stay over there. And we're constantly doing this number with Maverick, like you know, I feel like I'm trying to block every single thing that he's doing. And, it, and I feel like sometimes I'm blocking his character because it's like he just wants to, he wants to climb. He wants to finger paint with things he shouldn't finger paint with, you know, bodily fluids and stuff. And I'm like, son, oh my goodness, we never had this problem with Rowan. Rowan, you would leave him in a room, give him a toy and be like, all right, play with that. You could turn around, come back an hour and a half later, he would still be there. It was like, God tricked me like, this is the perfect son. Now have another one. I'm like, all right, I got you, okay? But, but honestly, we act that way, right? We're like, I know what you said, God. I heard it in your word. I know your spirit's speaking to me, but I'm gonna go this way. I'm gonna do this, okay? And it's, it's kind of like that band reference I didn't quite finish, but the band's up here playing, right? And we hear what we hear. But here's the thing. They have these things called in-ears. They can hear stuff we can't hear. They can hear people in the media booth with their speak back mic. Yeah. That's kind of like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is constantly, hey, you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't go that way. And if he needs to, rebuke you. Mm-hmm. Don't go that way. I've told you. It is not going to end well. That's and th- We can hear that if we listen. That's right. that's but a lot of times we're too busy trying to entertain or we're too busy trying to speak over it or listen to something else that's outside of it mm-hmm. instead of going, oh, what would you say, God? Yep, I got you. Let me go that way. Let me do this. So that's what conviction is. It's definitely when Holy Spirit is pulling you away from the temptations and pointing you towards the truth. But we're talking about comfort. not talking about conviction today. Comfort, okay? And and I love the phrasing and all this different stuff, but comfort to me is when Holy Spirit, it leads me by the hand and he just guides me in all truth. It's not enough to just try and stop you, but he's literally going to say, okay, look, let me take you. Let me show you. Come here. You see this right here? This is what you want to do. This is the best thing for you. Let me, let me show you how it works. And he literally just he takes the time to comfort, not just block you, not just rebuke you, but literally if we want to, he will, he will let us lean into him and he will show us just like a father does, everything that we want to know, everything that we want to know. Now there was times when I was a kid being raised by my father, my father didn't do that. We'd be fixing a car and he's like, "Son." Hand me a such and such. And I'm like, Dad, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, I don't have a fourth inch crescent monkey wrench or whatever, you know, a cannibular knob, you know, all those weird things that feel like dads know the terminology of and us, you know, that have trickled down in the generations we've just lost it. We're having to YouTube everything. You know, we don't have any base knowledge. YouTube's awesome. Just telling you if you don't know how to fix something, go to YouTube. It'll show you. But the, the father figure is, is there showing, explaining Teaching us how to properly use something. Okay, like I'm a good old country boy, but I'm also a city slicker at the same time. Okay, like I got family on both sides. Leaksville, Mississippi to like, you know, super you know, metropolitan downtown. So I've I've had guns in my life for a while. And there's a difference between like gun and you know how to properly handle, make sure, you know, do what you're supposed to do with the gun. Like if you hand me a gun, I don't care what you've done to the gun. My first absolute thing to do is to make sure it's unloaded. Proper responsibility. That comes from my dad teaching me, like, I'm going to hand this to you. What's the first thing you do? What's the first thing you do? Over and over and over. And it wasn't just always guns. It was different things, right? Like, my dad used to do this thing, and it used to make me so mad. And I do it to my kid now. Okay? It's like the parent revenge. We'd be doing math homework, and he'd be like, all right, you got the answer? I'm like, yes, sir. It's 54 he's like, all right, would you stake your life on it? Maybe. Let me get a little farther away, dad. Yeah, I'm sure it's 54. But he was like, if you know something, like you really want to say this is the answer, you better be dang sure and you better believe it. Come on. The same thing's true of God. If we're going to be an influence, we better be dang sure, positive, positive, that this is what we believe. And that's when you get the authority to have the influence. Because if people are going to see a fake a mile away, if you're shaky in your beliefs, they're going to be like, they don't really believe it themselves. Why would I believe it? I'm off. That's the Holy Spirit will comfort you in that area. He'll bring it to, to full fruition. I got a quote here from C.S. Lewis. If you've ever read any of his stuff, fictional or his other things, great author. But he says, if you look for truth, you may find comfort in the end. If you look for comfort, you will get neither comfort or truth, only soft soap and wishful thinking to begin, and in the end, nothing but despair. Wow. Nothing but despair. So many people are looking for the feel good. Okay, I, I always do it this way, and this is my like, you know, corny pastor cheese cheesy joke. But I'm like, there's so many people. This is what they do. They wake up, they're like, mm, Sunday morning. Feel like going to church. And they pull that blanket right over their head. And they just go back to sleep. And I call it going to bedside assembly. Brother and sister sheets are there, and the Holy Spirit comforter. <laughs> You're just like, mm, it feels so good. I don't want to get out. I just want to sit here, you know, eat my cake and bonbons. Do nothing. Okay? And the Holy Spirit is not, He's not telling us to do that. He didn't say, hey, when you come to me, when you get filled with me, I'm going to make everything just, just so right. You know, perfect ambient temperature, exactly what you want to eat. All your problems are going to go away. That's not the comfort of the Holy Spirit. That's the comfort that the world's looking for. They want everything to just be so-so. If we could just have world peace, you know. I'm praying for world peace, but there's only one way to really get there. That's to get rid of all of us. Okay? Because we the a problem most of the time. And I'm not just saying us in the room, but everybody on the planet, okay? So I want the Holy Spirit to lead me by the hand. I want him, when necessary, to pick me up like a father and carry me. My children do this all the time, and it bugs my wife to the uttermost. At bedtime, this is what they do. We love you. We give them kisses, you know, okay? And you can think if I'm weird or not, but I kiss both my boys on the mouth, okay? Because I love them. They're my boys. But both of them will do this, Daddy will you pick me up and carry me to bed i'm like absolutely i will take you wherever you want especially maverick he's a wild child but he is the cutest he will literally he will melt your heart he'll walk around and all of a sudden he'll just look at you and go daddy you know what i love you and you're like oh man like son why you do that what do you want i'll give you anything you want like here's my checkbook here's my, you know my credit cards like take it all And I think really the Father looks at us like that sometimes. Like, I just want to be here for you. Like, I will pick you up. I'll carry you. You tell me you love me, and I will do whatever you want. Like, I am here for you. That's the Holy Spirit comforting us, saying, I've got you. I want the best for you. See, sometimes, sometimes, the Holy Spirit has just got to rebuke us. He's got to convict us. But he's convicting us so that we can live in comfort, the comfort that he provides So what is comfort? Okay, The Holy Spirit will lead us out of our comfort zone. We all have an area we want to be comfortable in, into his comfort zone. And it's a supernatural comfort. It's not what the world provides. It's not the way that we think it should be always, because it's supernatural. And I don't know about you, but I am not a spirit-like supernatural being. I got this right here, this body. It's going to decay, and it's going to die. I'm sorry for anyone I ever made fun of when I was younger and said, you're old, okay? The older I get, I'm like, oh, man, it's starting to happen, you know? I got these gray hairs that are coming in, and I pull them out. My wife's like, don't do that. Don't do that. And I'm like, I'm refusing to believe that I'm getting old yet, okay? I'm 34, and I'm not going to do it. I got other friends. They're still losing all their hair, and I'm like, I got you, sucker. I still got all mine, you know? Nothing against bald people. Go for it, okay? But we've got to learn to operate outside of the natural into the very supernatural areas of comfort. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is like when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something, it's not difficult anymore. It's not like, ooh, let me double-check that. Let me reason that for a minute to where we just operate it. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah, God, I got you. Let me, just, let me just be comforted in the flow of the Spirit. And I'm as guilty as anyone of this. It's like God tells me stuff and I'm like, oh man, I really want to do that. I know it. Like it's, it's not like I think I'm hearing from someone else. I know it's, I know it's the Holy Spirit and I still refuse to do it. I remember I was 16 years old. I'm working in a KFC. I was the only white kid there. Okay. So you, you can use your imagination, what they call me. But I remember there was a day I was one of the the, you know, chicken breaders and throw it in the thing and all this different stuff. There was a guy I worked with named Jamarcus, and I knew Jamarcus. I knew him well, okay, for the time we had spent at work. Been working with him for over a year at that time. He was not at a good place in his life, hung out with people you didn't want to hang out with, you know, all those kinds of stuff. And I remember the Holy Spirit dropping in my heart when I'm cleaning dishes one night. You need to talk to Jamarcus. You need to witness to Jamarcus and tell him about me. And I was like, ain't no way I'm doing that. No way, Jose. Not going to happen. Because I knew him. I was like, I could get shanked for this. Like, this dude's straight up crazy. Come to work the next day, Jamarcus was supposed to work with me. I said, hey man, where's Jamarcus? It's an hour past his schedule. Like, man, you didn't hear? He got shot last night. Ever since that moment. I said, never again, God. Never again While I let an opportunity of your Holy Spirit speaking to me get past you never know. It, he may or may not have it accepted, but I may have been his last chance for a voice of God in his life. So today, let the Holy Spirit just push on you and just, just comfort you in the way that he needs to, okay? So that, that's what operating in the spirit of comfort looks like. It's, 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 it's not just for us, okay? Because if we're really going to be an influence and comfort, it's got to radiate from us to where people are like, they are so like in tune with God. I want to figure that out. The like, you ever like, look to someone, you're like, oh my gosh, they are like, they, are, they got this. Like, they, I don't know. They know what they're doing. Like, and it can be spiritual, it can be worldly stuff, but like, there's a difference between someone who knows what they're doing and they can, they just spit it out. They're just doing a job and they're just like, like people who, who lay tile for a living. I had a grandfather who did that. And I come in there and he's like, oh yeah, you can help me today. And I've got like my little area in an hour I've done, and he's got a whole room done. And I'm like, he is so comfortable in the flow of his gift because he does it all the time. Why aren't we that way with Christ in the Holy Spirit? Why are we not so comfortable with him that we're just like, you got a problem? My Holy Spirit's got that. Peace. To just lay it out because we're the vessels. We're the vessels. So I want to give you four ways that the Holy Spirit comforts us. And there's probably more than this, but I wanted to keep it you know, simplified enough, but hit the, the base areas. The first one, he comforts us from the trials of life. You ever just had stuff in your life that you're just like, man, this is a wreck. And it comes at you so fast. Like you can be on the, the highest high and then all of a sudden something just comes and just, you're rock bottom. Like, it, like my parents getting divorced. Never had an idea, never had a clue it was coming. There's times that things are going to happen in life. Like I said, when you get saved and you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it doesn't like solve all your problems overnight. Like everything doesn't turn into, you know, sunshine and flowers and, you know, everything's a miracle and, you know, you get a million dollars to flow into your life and all your bills disappear. Because if it did, everybody would be a Christian. I mean, honestly, like, it would be our slogan be a Christian, no more problems. We wouldn't have any other you know, thing we have to say. Everyone would be flocking. Right. They would all be on our doorstep because that's what the world wants. They want everything to just be honky-dory, everything to be okay. But there is a difference that I see when people have the Holy Spirit and the comfort of the Spirit when they go through trials yeah. than with people who don't. Yeah. My pastor at my home church, his wife died from cancer. And it was, you could tell, I mean, there was times of frustration, times of other things. But the, the face of peace, this just unimaginable peace that was in his life was just so amazing compared to when I've been to other funerals of people in my life. When they're just devastated. They just, they don't know where to turn. They don't know what to do. And I know this is a, a darker thing to talk about, but it's, it's true. When you have the Holy Spirit who's comforting you, it's so much... So much easier. So much easier. It brings you so much peace. A peace that's past understanding. Like, if you've ever been in any of those situations, it's like people will try to console you, but on man's level, they can't really get there. Like, there's no words you can really say that, like, do justice. Like, you can't say something that's just the right words. There's no, like, book, like, on 21 sayings to say to someone who's lost someone that's going to comfort them. Like, it doesn't work. But when you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's just like, I got you. He just wraps us up, just loves on us, like a motherly love. Like, I know we say the Holy Spirit has left this, this masculine thing, but a lot of times he's got feminine traits. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Like, there's things that the reason that men and women are different, and, like, there's things that my wife does that I don't have the ability, really, or the capability to express sometimes that she does. Things that my mother you know, would do. I, I love it when you see like a football star and they're like, yeah, and they do like this great play or whatever and they come up to the camera like, thanks mom. <laughs> and dad's the one who taught him everything. <laughs> and you're like, dude, really? You know, because there's a the comfort level there. And the Holy Spirit's the same way. He's comforting us through all the trials of life, through all the anxieties, all of the disruptions because they're gonna come. 100% they're gonna come. Honestly, to tell you the truth, when you get... When you become a Christian, a lot of times they get magnified. Because the enemy is like, that's who I'm going after. He ain't worried about the world. He's already got them. Now, it rains on the just and the unjust just because there's things that happen in the world naturally. But the enemy locks us down as target number one the second we get saved. He's like, no, I don't want you to do that. I'm coming after you. We've identified with the house of Christ ingrained and grafted in there, adopted. And he's like, those are my enemies. I'm going after them. And the Holy Spirit stands up, comforts us, and does that attorney job. He starts to deflect all those different things. When the enemy starts to accuse us, saying, you're not this, you're not that, or especially, this is his favorite thing to do. He'll bring up all your past. Every single thing you've ever done. Everything. Everything you've done in secret, everything you've done in public, and he just starts trying to download it into your brain. Just whispering in the back of your head. And if you're not grounded in the Holy Spirit and the comfort, who will say, no, 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 no. I'm their attorney. They don't identify as that anymore. This is their real name. This is their true identity. That's who they are. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Okay? He he comforts us from the attacks of the enemy. The attacks of the enemy. And I I am not one of those like, everything's from Satan. Satan. Okay, I'm not casting demons out of red lights. Okay, red lights happen. I've had friends that get on these super spiritual kicks and are like, the devil was against me, let me tell you. It was three red lights and this happened and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me explain how this works, okay? Let's back up a page. I know you want to be super spiritual and there's nothing wrong with that. But those aren't demon-possessed red lights, okay? (laughs) Recognize what's just natural and recognize what's spiritual. It's important. The Holy Spirit will do that. But he begins to comfort us when those attacks come. And he defends us, the defensive attorney. You see, here's the thing. A lot of times, the world, they get attacked by stuff, and they're so, like, confused. You see, there's just this disarray, this, like, shock on their face. They're like, I don't understand what's going on. It's all just, what happened? And I can tell you why. 100% I can tell you why. Because they don't recognize their enemy. And the enemy is constantly stabbing them in the back. And they don't have an idea that that's their enemy. At least we know who our enemy is. And I can see the dagger in his hand. The fiery darts that he's shooting at me. Because the Holy Spirit is going, there's one, there's one, there's one, there's one. Let me me lead you in all truth. Back up, because that dart's going to hit there. Back up over here. Okay, now take three steps forward. The Holy Spirit is guiding us in those truths to deflect and get out of the way of every single one of those attacks. And when necessary, when they do hit, to brush them off to the side and say, nope, it's not going to affect you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He comforts us in every single attack that we are heirs, that we are children of God. I love being a Jenkins. Okay, that's my last name. Absolutely love my family. they are awesome they 're amazing. okay I have an older brother, older sister, two step brothers adopt two adopted Chinese sisters, okay and then I have all of my other extended family. you know we, we are crazy, like I said, we are country people we 're city slickers we are but I love every single one of them like it 's the strangest thing to me like i 've told my wife this sometimes and she 's like i don 't understand what you 're talking about. I will literally see you know people that are um, oriental, okay? And I'm like, I feel like they're a part of my family now, oddly enough. Like, I'd never felt that way before, but now that I have two Chinese sisters, I'm like, y'all are my people now, kind of. Like, it's kind of weird. Like, I know they're not, but it's like, now I've had a relationship and built up this thing that's like, wow. And that's the way the Holy Spirit wants to do with us as a church body. When we comforted together with him, he's like, y'all are all my people. I got y'all. Y'all my peeps. You know, we're going to hang out. We're going to do stuff. We're going to have our inside jokes. But still be relevant. And and I forgot my cup this morning. I was going to have my DCI, you know, logo up here. Do the Nick Saban with his Coca-Cola. But y'all forgive me. We're just representing some other water company. Okay. So he comforts us from the attacks of the enemy. The next one. He comforts us in our identity. We touched on this some. Our identity is found in him, the very essence of who we are. Like, you know, when you're growing up, I know we're all adults. Hopefully, we've all kind of figured out who we are. But I I deal with, you know, youth a lot of times, and they're just so lost in their identities. And I'm not talking about just the the things that are going on nowadays, because that's the direct attack of the enemy, trying to lose their identities. But they're trying to find their place in the world. Like, right, we all went through that stage. Whether it's middle school, high school, college, you're, you're like, okay, who am I? What do I want to do? Where do I want to be? Who do I want to marry? Like you're trying to figure all this life out in this short amount of like a decade, essentially. Like it's a tough time in life. Not to mention you got all those hormones and everything else going. Okay? And that's when the Holy Spirit has got to say, I've got your identity. And it can be in different phases of different people's lives. If we're found in his identity, he will comfort us. It's worth so much more when we're found in him. Like, we're worth so much more. Like, my family is not rich by any means, but people used to tell me, like, man, your dad makes plenty of money. I'm like, yeah, that's my dad's money. That ain't my money. But in Christ, I'm an heir. Everything he's got, I got. Cattle on a thousand hills and all the gold in it. Come on now. Like, I love this phrase that I used to have a pastor friend say. He's like, hey, if it's God's will, it's God's bill. Like, if the Holy Spirit speaks it, I'm like, hey, ain't my problem. God's your bill. Like, I'm handing it to you. Take care of it. Because my identity is in him. People are like, hey, you get, you're going to have to owe something for that. I'm like, hold on, let me get my Jesus card out. Because it's his bill. He's going to take care of it. Now, it may not be in the timing we want. Okay. Can I get an amen? That, there's times when you're like, come on, God, I've been praying for this. And he's like, I know but my perfect timing is coming. I'm going to do it when it needs to be done. And we don't see all those plans. We don't know exactly the way it needs to all go out. That's when you got to lean into the Holy Spirit and say, okay, I'm identifying that you've got it all, that you're going to take care of it, that you are going to be the one who makes me new in every single aspect, in every single area of my life. You see, I told you all I was a video gamer. Still am to this day. My wife, she'll get on me about it sometimes because it becomes a distraction. Let's be honest, we all have hobbies that are probably distractions. It's not that they're bad. They may be fun things, but it's sometimes we just need to pay more attention to the things that are important. But I remember there was a time in my life when it, was, it, it began to wane, and I started to look back, and I'm like, okay, what have what I replaced this with? Like, We all have so much time in a day. And then I realized like the things that had become more important to me Were the things of God. There was a time in my life, I think it was about five years after I got saved, I looked and I was like, I've read 642 Christian books. And I am not like, you know, super reader or something, okay? I'm not like Mr. Encyclopedia. But that's where my heart had gone. That's where my comfort was. That's where I wanted to be. That's where I wanted to just place all my treasure. And so God was like, my spirit just started to feed on that. And that's where I started to find my identity. It's where I started to, to know that's who I was. And the last thing, in spreading the gospel, the Holy Spirit will comfort you in spreading the gospel. I think we're really great at, like, doing church. Most Christians are. They can do church. They can raise their hands at the right time. They know how to operate in the Spirit when they're in a service. They know how to do this, that, and the other. And then we leave the four walls of the church building And we forget to be the church. Or we're too ashamed of it because we're not comfortable in the Holy Spirit in those places. The Holy Spirit never left you. says when he comes, he's going to be by your side forever. He doesn't go hide in a corner. He's not sitting at the church door going, okay, when you get here, I'm here. But while you're out there, I'm not. He's right there with us, living with us. So why is it so difficult for us to like conjure up I guess, this affirmation or this courage to spread the gospel? Why is it that we have better testifiers, satanic or worldly testifiers, than we do of the church? Let's be honest. The devil is really, really good at getting his agenda across. Turn on the TV if you don't believe me. For any amount of time. I have children's shows that I have to, like, screen for my kids because I'll be watching it, and six episodes in, they're trying to put their ideas on my children. Real world we live in, right? And I'm like, why is it that we don't have Christians who are pushing back just as much? Not saying that we should be, like, in people's face. You know, we obviously do it in love, but we've got to spread the gospel. The disciples were never afraid to die, to be martyrs, to spread the gospel at all costs. They would go into the darkest places and be like, hey, this is where the Holy Spirit led me. Like, we're about to find out what happens. The Holy Spirit would comfort them in knowing, I've got your back, you're taken care of, the gospel is going to go forth. That's what we've got to do in every single place. Like, we're, we're at a time, and I've asked this question many, many times. I'm like, okay, so, you read the Bible, everything's great, Awesome, you know, the New Testament, gospel, Jesus, getting the book of Acts, all this stuff's going on. And then you get to that book that, like, some people kind of shy away from, you know, Revelation. And I'm not saying I'm, like, the most profound scholar on this, but I'm like, okay, I hate to tell you, but I've read this thing, and the Church of America is nowhere to be found. Like, we're getting hung up on politics, who's getting elected instead of worrying about spiritual things. Don't matter who's in office, God is going to be the king of kings sitting on the throne. So I've read it and I'm like, I've asked people and they're like, I, I, I don't know. I'm like, well do we just disappear? You know, do we get ingrained into the, the communist China and the Russia and the bear? Like, where are we at? Until I had one man. He said, you know what, I'm wondering... He said, I wonder if it's because there's such a great revival before that end time that the church of Christ in America is so saved that we're just leaving the rapture before any of that happens. I don't know if that's the truth or not, but wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be amazing that we're so identified in Christ that the gospel goes forth so much that America just, we're all so saved, so on fire for God that it's just like we can't even be found when we get to those end times, because we've already been taken. That's what I'm praying for. Whether or not it happens, I'm going to do my best, my part, to make sure it happens. That the Holy Spirit is going to be the one who leads in every single area of my life. So those are four just simple ways that we can let the Holy Spirit comfort us. That he's going to take care of the trials. He's going to take care of the attacks. He's going to take care of who we are. He's going to take care of the the gospel needing to be spread. Because here's the thing, he's going out. He's going forward way before we get there. There's no reason to be afraid. It's not like he's not already out there, already softening hearts, already putting the place the pieces in place. All we're doing is being the final kind of adjunct piece of that to where the Holy Spirit can begin to change people, can begin, begin to, to really manifest. So it brings us back to our, our key point there. Holy Spirit leads me by the hand and guides me in all truth. It's not about feeling comfortable. It's not about feeling just, you know, Holy Spirit goosebumps. I've known people that are that way. They just, they want to come to a church so they can feel those spiritual goosebumps. And there's nothing wrong with feeling emotions in Christ. It's going to happen. I mean, if you plugged in, you're going to feel something. Someone used to tell me, they're like, why does this happen? Or Why does that happen? I I was like, look, man, if you stick your finger in that power outlet, which is the power of God, something's going to happen to you. Okay, your hair is going to stand up. You're going to get knocked back. Something's going to happen. Same thing is true when you encounter the Holy Spirit and his power. Something's going to happen. Something's going to change. But he's going to lead us in all truth. Ephesians talks about the armor of God. And I've done a whole series on this, and at some time I love to do a small group on it. But one of the centerpieces is the belt of truth, right? Like, don't take my word for it. My dad used to say this. If your pants got belt loops, you're wearing a belt. He didn't give me a choice. Like to this day, I will wear a belt if my pants, shorts, anything. I, I, I just can't do the whole athletic wear thing. It's just not me. Because I got to have a belt. Because it holds everything together. Like I don't want to get caught with my pants down. But if you don't know the truth, you will. And the truth is what the Holy Spirit leads us in. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you are not going to be operating in truth and you're going to get caught with your pants down. It's as simple as that. That's what the Holy Spirit does is he comforts us in knowing the truth. Here's the thing. The devil will give you facts all day long. Facts are wonderful. I'm a fact person. Random facts all day long. You know, hey, broccoli has more vitamin C than oranges. Most polar bears are left-handed, okay? You know, I can spit out random facts all day that for some reason this brain won't get rid of. But those facts are not necessarily truth. Truth. What I mean is when the doctor says, hey, here's the facts. You've got cancer. Here's the facts. Your white blood cell count is too high. Here's the facts. Your cholesterol is at this level. Here's the fact. Those are all facts, 100%. But the truth is the Holy Spirit is able and willing to heal us. The truth is that he leads us in all truth all the time. That's the truth. The truth is that we don't have to be held bondage to depression or anxiety or any of those things. Now, I'm not saying don't do medicine, okay? I'm an advocate of medicine. I'm an advocate of the Holy Spirit. Gave us gifts, talents, minds, and abilities to reason to be able to do those things. But the truth is that the Holy Spirit can do something that medicine cannot do. Just can't. There's a reason he's called the great physician, okay? There's a reason that the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, patience, patience, you know, all those different things. One of those being peace. And in peace, the Greek means Areni. My niece's name is Areni. I don't know that my brother named her that on purpose because he is like, you know, agnostic to the days are old. And one of these days, the truth is he's going to get saved. I'm believing it. He was raised in church. He knows better. But the peace that passes all understanding is of the Holy Spirit. It's not of the world. It's not of anything else. I encourage you to press into the Holy Spirit whatever area in your life that you need comfort in. Because we could all use some extra comfort just because there's life that goes on. To, To let him be him. Let the Holy Spirit just be who he is, which is comfort. So how do we activate this? How do we apply it in our lives? Give you three key ways. We ask the Holy Spirit to identify areas we are not letting Him be the comforter. A lot of times we think we've given everything. We're like, okay, God, I surrender. I'm giving you everything. Holy Spirit, just have your way. Do whatever you want to do. And then things start to come up and we're like, well, except for that. And maybe this too. I call them buffet Christians. They go down the line and they want to pick exactly what they want and leave everything else. That's not the way God is supposed to be in our lives. He's supposed to be everything we are, that all that we are is identified in him. I don't have to identify to the ideas of the world. I don't have to identify to the things that have been named over me, to the things that people have called me, to the emotional distractions that have happened in my life. Let me put it to you this way, I have people all the time tell me, well, this and that and the other have happened and I'm a third generation alcoholic or whatever it may be. And I look at them and I'm like, how sad that they believe the lies of the enemy. That just because something has been in your family for so long that you can't be free from it. That just because you had a diagnosis or a name or an identifier put on your life, that you think there's not freedom outside of that. That you think that you can't be completely delivered from it here's the things. The things that have happened in my life, statistics will tell you like 98% of the times of the things that have happened in my life, I would be a different person. That's right. But I'm not a statistic line. Yeah. I'm truth found in identity and comforted in the Holy Spirit. That's who I am. That's what I am. Uh, everything that he says about me, I let him choose what my name is. I let him identify who I am. I'll give you one other biblical reference. And this came to a different pastor friend of mine years ago. And it's talking about the Genesis account and the three sons of Noah. Y'all probably know the story. But one of them, Ham, he, he just completely does wrong, realizes that Noah's drunk in a cave, goes and gets his brothers to mock him. And so instead, the other two brothers take a garb and they walk backwards to cover their father. Because of that, when Noah wakes up, he curses the one son, Ham. It says, everything that you have will be taken from you, essentially. You'll be a, your descendants will be slaves unto theirs. Sounds like a horrible thing for a father to say about one of his kids. But then if you read the scripture later on, it says that Abram was renamed Abraham. Everything that was lost to the descendants of Ham is recovered back. All the land, all the property, all the estates that were cursed back into the fold of Abraham's lineage, which was the same lineage as Noah's other sons. You see what the enemy will try to take away from you, God can restore back to the family line found in Christ. He'll comfort your family. The next one, let the Holy Spirit be the voice of decision. How many times do we make decisions without ever consulting the Holy Spirit? All the time, right? We don't even think about it. And I'm not saying you have to go like pray at every light. Should I turn left or right? Should I go straight? Let's be serious. But we we forget and we neglect what the Holy Spirit should be in our lives. We get a headache, and the first thing we reach for is the ibuprofen. Instead of, at least we could try. Holy Spirit, please take this. You're the great physician. You're the healer. Take my headache away. We let him be the decision maker in our lives for every single decision that he will comfort us in that area, that he'll bring in his soothing, guiding hand to lead us in that truth. See, I don't want my kids to grow up and think that I just told them stuff just to tell them things. I want them to grow up in the fact of knowing that what I told them was the truth. I'll be honest with y'all. I don't think there's, there may be one, okay? I, I may have to be careful with this story slightly. Me and my wife argued about this, this area in our marriage for a short amount of time. And that was whether or not we were gonna tell our kids about the jolly man in the red suit. And you may be like, that's silly. But my, my thing was, if they come to the fruition and the knowledge that he's not real, and I've made up an imaginary figure in their lives, then what does Christ become in their lives since they can't see him? I don't ever want to lie to my kids intentionally. I don't know it's all fun. I know it's all games. I know all that stuff. And we, you know, we still do all that stuff. Rowan's starting to get to the point of wondering. Because I want them to be able to say, you know, what my dad, what my parents said to me was truth. The second you start to fall out of line and say, I'm not sure if what God's telling me is the truth, you got a problem because he wants to protect us. He wants to wrap his arms around us and say, I've got you. Everything that I say is the truth. Everything that I'm leading you in is the very best for you. Everything that I want for you is the best. And it's not easy to get your mind there, right? It's hard because we all think, well, I know the best. I can see all the situations. I know what's going on. Well, this person hurt me, or this person said that, or this person did this. And Holy Spirit's back there just saying, if you would just let me lead, Just let me make the decision as to whether they're right or wrong. Let me be the judge. I'll take care of the situations. The last thing, let Holy Spirit graft you into the family. You gotta be a part of the family. Families are an awesome place to be. They're just amazing. The family of Christ should be the place that we want to be because he's gonna provide for us. He's gonna comfort us in every single aspect of what we need going forward. There's nothing that he can't take care of. I love it when I'm talking to somebody and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm trying to figure this situation out. This is going on, whatever. And this is one of my favorite phrases when I hear somebody say this. They're like, I know a guy. I'm like, oh, really? Like, you know somebody that can help me out with this? They're like, yeah, I got you. Like, I love it when people say that, and so many times the Holy Spirit is just sitting there trying to whisper to us, like, I know a guy. I know someone that can help you with this. I've got the provide. I've got the provision. So many times we look around and we're like, okay, well, I have this connection and that connection, I know this person, and I know that person, and the Holy Spirit's standing back going, like, I am the thing that connects every person in the church. Why are you leaning on only your connections? when I can give you connections you never would have thought possible. Wow. Connections that you can't see in the natural then I'm leading you. I, mean, I meet people all the time and it's like, wow, what a small world. And then I think, no, it's not a small world. It's Holy Spirit connections. Right. It's Holy Spirit grafting me to people that I didn't even know I needed or knew that they were gonna bring brought alongside me into the family.